Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of Magic Magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. What's going on? Myself, Anthony, and a very special guest joining us, Bo Outlaw. What's up, man? How y'all doing? Good, good. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm just hanging out, just actually just relaxing right now. That's good. Um, obviously, we're at the tail end of um, a lot of the, the quarantine and the challenges that that came around with. Um, one, what, what were you doing during that downtime? Obviously, there's a little more uh, leeway where people are able to kind of go out and, and kind of get back to at least a little bit of normality. And, and then how ready are you for, for Magic Basketball to kind of get started and, and basketball season get back to it? Question, what was I doing? I wasn't doing much of nothing. Uh, I was at the grocery store a lot. So that was probably like my main focus was trying to keep food in the house for my boys, you know. They're home more, so that means they eat more. But uh, that was probably my biggest thing was going to the grocery store like every other day. But other than that, uh, in the house, probably playing some video games or relaxing or cutting the grass on the weekends. So it wasn't much of nothing, just something at the house. Kind of feels uh, the the times that I've gone through the the grocery stores, it was it was crazy packed. Early on in the beginning, everyone was buying it. There was such a rush for toilet paper and paper <laughs> towels, and you kind of had to get creative for bathroom utensils. It was insane. Yes, I was uh, I was a little surprised at the toilet tissue and uh, paper towels missing. I was I didn't understand it, but uh, yeah, I can see the the cleaning products gone, but the toilet paper and tissues. Paper towels was a little confusing, so I was <laughs> I was a little bothered by that. Like I'm confused. Like y'all just start washing your hands. Like I'm, I don't know what's been going on here. Now, boy, you mentioned you were playing video games. What games were you playing? Uh, I'm a shooter type guy, so uh, I play Apex and uh, Call of Duty. I play Warzone a lot. So are you good? Are you good at Warzone? Because I tried it a couple times and I was dead in like. 30 seconds every time. <laughs> nah, 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 I'm a little better than that. I got a couple of wins under my belt. Uh, you got, I blame it on your teammates. You got to have good teammates, man. You can't, you can't be solo in war zones because it's, you're not going to win three on one. So you've got to kind of stick together, have a game plan, and communicate. That's the key. So, yeah, you just got bad teammates. I'm blaming it on them, not you. <laughs> <laughs> So there's news there's news coming out um that you know the NBA is going to return looking like uh the end of July. How excited are you for that? How excited are you for what the Magic could do during that time? I'm I'm happy for basketball to come back. Uh like I said I got three boys and I think when the NBA decided that they're going to come back like I said the normality is kind of starting to bring everyone else out to let's do soccer, let's do baseball. So my boys was pent up in the household. I need to do, I need this energy. So let's go out. So with that being said, AAU starting back up a little bit. So it's opening doors for everybody, but the NBA I'm happy for because I saw a lot of games that was repeated, you know, the classic games. And I'm like, man, I need a, I need a game that I don't know the outcome before the game. Starts. <laughs> right. so I was cool with it, but I'm like, yeah, I only can watch. So I, I know we're going to win this game. So it was kind of like, 
I'm good. So I just stopped watching. Like, um, I'm a basketball junkie, so I was like, yeah, classic games are cool, but I know who wins in this game. So the NBA coming back will be great. I just, yeah, it's going to be good for the players, but the fans, for them not actually being at the game, it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be at least give them a start, something to watch, something to be like, look forward to. Like, man, the game coming on. And it's, like you say, trying to get everything back to normal. This is going to be the new normal. We got to kind of figure out how to make this work. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to find out how it's all going to be just because, uh, especially for the AU circuit, you know, playing in basketball at the Disney Wild World of Sports was, was a big part of that. That's where they held a lot of the big major games. So I'm curious to see how that dynamic is because for the most part, a lot of the pro players, they've, you know, during their amateur years, that's that's where they played a lot of their basketball too. Yeah, they got, but since then, uh, they got a lot of different uh, locations in Orlando. They got one, uh, since y'all in this area, the big house way out to Tavares. They got uh, like eight courts, eight or nine courts, so they're going to have that. And I think when you go in there, they got virtual check-in, so no, no hand-to-hand. You got to have your mask on as a parent. Coaches got theirs on the bench. They do temperature checks for the kids walking in. So they're trying to do the best they can to be normal in there. If, like you said, if this is going to be this new norm, we got to get used to getting to the venue early, getting your temperature checked, having a mask on. And that's the way we're going to have to operate if we want sports back in, in our lives because – we saw what happened if one guy gets sick. Mm-hmm. So in order to prevent that, we got to take all these measures so everyone can, I guess, like you say, be kind of normal. And if it's frustrating to you, then stay home and watch it on TV <laughs> or go out there and then wear your mask, get your temperature check, wait in that line six feet apart. And it is what it is. So I'm not mad. It's just, we got to try to figure out how to make this work. And this is the best opportunity. We're going to have them all under one roof. And I just hope it works. I'm, I'm all for it, but I just hope it works and we can make everyone happy and get this thing balanced out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a new world for all of us in every aspect. And of course, basketball will be one of those things that will be impacted by it. Um, Bo, so let's go to a segment here that we call Let's Get to Know Bo. So let's get to kind of know you a little better. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your NBA draft experience. I know you went undrafted. And, but then somewhere somehow you, Well, how that went, yes. And then you went undrafted, but you did make a 14-year NBA career and a very good one at that. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that experience and, and some of those memories that, that come to mind when we talk about this topic. Ooh, so we can, I guess we can skip the draft part. Uh, it didn't happen. I mean, uh, you know, didn't get drafted. Uh, first year was, I guess, say the roughest year. Because uh, between getting out of college and the end of the NBA season, I played in three, in three leagues. I uh, was overseas for five months in the CBA, which is G League for three months and then the NBA for the rest of the year. So I was a pro, just not an NBA until where. So that journey was was great. It was hard. It was different. But just like anything in life, 
it takes a little work and a little effort and some things always go wrong and you'll know what you really want is to keep working for because if it goes wrong you quit that's not what you really want to do because it, it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen easy how many people get to places where they are and say oh it was easy let me get it doesn't happen that way but when you do it the way i did it for 14 years i think you really appreciate it because the journey you took and the people you met and the obstacles you had to overcome and uh it's, it's just, I think it made me who I am today because my mom did a great job. And with adversity, she handled it. She tried to keep it on my face, but it was there. It is what it is. It also prepared me for when I hit my adversity, what do I do? And uh, not getting drafted was one of the first. I didn't break down and quit. I just told my mom we'd take another route. And uh, my plan wasn't, that wasn't my plan when I didn't get drafted. My plan was to play either in the NBA uh, overseas or the CBA for the year and come back and try for the next summer. But that didn't happen that way. It happened, you know, I played in all three leagues in one year. So it was great. And uh, the memories I got and collected, I, I wouldn't want to, if they asked me, could I go back and change it and get drafted? I'll say no. But I think the guys who got drafted don't, don't have the memories I have and the method people and did things I've done in that one year that they've done playing in the league the whole time. And then from, from that point, you, you made it into the NBA, spent a little time with the Clippers, and then you found yourself in Orlando. Um, when, you, when you got to Orlando, it was the post-Shack era. Um, what, what exactly did you know about Orlando before you got there? And then what was that dynamic like? Because uh, from, from the Clippers, you were kind of working your way because you, you came off the bench primarily from the Clippers, but then you kind of found a home where you had a really big role in Orlando. Uh, I knew about Orlando. Who didn't? They were a new team then. Penny and Shaq. Come on, man. Who didn't know Orlando mattered? They were in the finals right before that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they were a big team. Uh, like you say, in LA, I was playing for four years. Played the five and the four primarily. In the end of my Clipper career, I played the three. I think my last year there, I played a little bit of three. So, as I got to Orlando, and I got here, Horace Grant. And Ronnie Cycli was uh, four and five. So I guess it didn't really dawn on me that I was going to be playing a three because I came off the bench. So those guys were starting. I wasn't worried about starting. I was just coming in to try to help. Me and Daryl got here. It was Chuck Bailey. Daryl was already here, and I got here, and we started practicing. And he, I guess Chuck just loved the, the connection me and Daryl had. When we ever, whenever we were going to game, he would just tell us, like, go do what you do, guys. He didn't give us no no, no direction. Like, he just told us to go cause havoc. And that was easy. We can go out there, play basketball. And, of course, that Dow ran the plays and called this. That's when Chuck Daly gave me the freedom to bring the ball up and practice. He said, both, you get the ball pushed up and make the right decision. And it started allowing me to be, you know, slash point forward. And uh, I looked at it. You got the worst shooter with the ball. He got shooters, so I was going to be open. Like, hey, at least you got to guard me now because you don't want me standing behind three-point line. So I was like, hey, I'm cool with that. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a great opportunity. Like I say, Chuck Bailey, he helped me a lot in that because he, he respected the effort and he rewarded it. So you played hard, you played. And, and 
playing hard was what I knew, and that's all I knew. So it was easy for me to get on the court. And it was all history from there because I was playing the five and the four behind Horizon tightly. I remember what happened. Nick Anderson ended up getting help. He broke his hand. So they put me in the lineup at the three. And uh, I remember we had a conversation, I think, with the media. I was like, well, Nick is about to return. And I said, I'm cool with that. He can have his starting position back. I have no problem with it. If you notice, when Nick came back, he went to the two. And that's when our lineup went to huge. That Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson, myself, Horace, Horace Grant, Ryan Cycle, or Horace Grant, then Cycle was going Danny Shades. So you got 16, 16, 6, 8, 6, 6, and then 6, 7 at the point. So it was a opportunity that I was willing to, I was cool with coming off the bench. But rather than putting me on bench, Chuck Daly moved Nick to the two, and that was the history. I'm like, okay, I, was, I wasn't trying to step on nobody's feet. I'm just trying to get wins, and I do whatever it takes to get a win. If it caused me come, if it required me coming off the bench, so be it. So it wasn't about me, it's about my team. And I was willing to do whatever to get that win. And I had great coaches. It was never me. It was always my coaches and teammates. I think that's pretty cool, a pretty good point that you made. Because I feel like a lot of times there's ego involved, right? So a lot of guys don't want to necessarily come off the bench because they feel like, you know, they play better than than what you think a bench player would play like. Um, but kind of humbling yourself and saying, the team winning is more important than my individual success is something that I think keeps you relevant as a player um, and something that other players look up to and and fans too. Um, I think we all like a guy who's willing to come in and do what he has to do to get the team to win. Um, But you did mention uh, Daryl. So talking about the heart and hustle era of the Orlando Magic and you and Daryl Armstrong being a part of that, um, could you talk about any similarities that you guys had as far as mindset is concerned in the locker room and on the court? Mindset, we had the same mindset, man. Uh, difference was he could shoot it and was smaller. I was more athletic and taller. That was the difference. We both had the mentality. We'd do whatever it takes. If it required him taking a charge on a big, he would do that. If it required me guarding a point guard, I would do that. We were, we were for the team, and we were, he was the guy that was going – Give you all the heart. He he was the smallest guy, but you couldn't tell when you played the games with him. Me, I'm a slide and go under the table, over the table, through the table, get up and try to do it again. And we we played so well with one another, and we went in the locker room with the same mindset. It was like we knew when I, when I played with him. It's like I've been playing with him for years. I don't get how I guess because we played the same, we wanted the same thing, but he's. God to this day, man. He's uh, I can't explain how he helped me so much, man. Cause I could depend on him if I got beat that he was gonna be there. And if he, even he fouled a guy, I mean, that was coming. I know, Bo, but you got beat. I said, all right, man, I won't do it next time. So we we had a little trick and trace of we chasing a guy down. He knew what to do, run in front of him. I'm a block the shot, and it's gonna come off the backboard. He gonna get it. We gonna go back the other way. So we had a little trick and. If I got the rebound under the rim, he was going to run to the corner because he knew I wasn't going to shoot it. It was going to be him or Pat Garrity. They were going to race to one of those corners. Nick Anderson, he would get that too. So he's like, both going to throw the ball back out. So I was more – the better my team do, the better I do. Because if I get a triple-double, I couldn't do it by myself. Those guys got to make shots. 
So I need to assist. So I need them guys to make shots. So I throw in the ball every time. The more they miss, the better my chance to get the rebound. So that's how I got the rebound. But they didn't miss too many. So it wasn't bad. So would you say you held you guys held each other accountable and that brought out the best, you know, in each of you? We didn't hold just ourselves accountable. We held everybody accountable because we were more about leading by example. We weren't going to go talk about playing hard without us playing hard. So if you ever looked at those films, you see Daryl was always saying, letting somebody hear it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I was a guy that was like, I'm going to talk and let you know what people at. He's going to direct and say, let's go, guys. Let's get it. So we were always holding from top to bottom. I don't care if you were a starter or you were the 12th man on the you held accountable when you're on that court in that game. Uh, Bo, speaking of triple-doubles, so I was doing a little research, and I found that your very first triple-double, because I really need to find out whether or not this was true or not. I know what's coming. So your very first triple-double, which was against the Nets, you had 25, 13, and 10. You guys got the win, and then you were asking me in the after about about your first triple double, <laughs> and your your response was, "What's a triple double? What's that kind of burger?" One is that true, and two, were you please tell me you're just trolling the reporter. <laughs> and it, and if you weren't, and if you weren't trolling, there has to somebody has to name a burger after you because that is amazing marketing. <laughs> yes, that's true, and uh, y'all call it trolling now. I call it joking, but. Yes, man. Come on, man. I had triple doubles in college, so I know exactly what a triple double was. <laughs> but the comment was made because I'm not that. I'm not a credit guy. I'm a appreciation guy. I appreciate it. But you come, like, man. Great job, boy. And you know, hey, man. Don't talk. You know, go talk to my teammates. I was. I'm not the guy that likes to be in front of the camera on the microphone doing the interviews. And saying, I'm the man. I'm the man. Nah, I'm not the man. I couldn't be. Like I told you, I don't get a triple double if they don't make shots. I can get the, I can get, I can get one, but it's kind of hard. I can get, I got to get rebounds, I got to get block shots, or I got to get steals. Them block shots and steals, ten are kind of hard. The assist a little bit easier. You know what I'm saying? Block shots and and the ten block shots or ten ten steals, that's hard. Yeah, ten assists. Yeah, I can get that a little bit easier. So. Hey, I'm going to get a ball up. They make shots. They're going to make my job easier. But 27 points, yeah, that's kind of – that's hard, too, for me. I could have – jeez, I don't know what was happening that day. But, nah, man, I was trolling, man. If that's what y'all call it today, I'm trolling. Nah, come on, man. That wasn't my first triple-double. I had a couple in college. Uh, I actually had a quadruple double in junior college. That's uh, we, we call that a double stack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had the double stack. Then I had the double stack. I had, I actually had the ten blocks in the, in the game. So with this, with this talk, could we expect Bo's Burgers coming out somewhere, somewhere in Orlando soon? Hey, we are gonna get this around the city. Y'all got that? Y'all hear this right? Hey, y'all gonna bring a, 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 a Bo's Burger or something right there? You know, a couple <laughs> of, something out there. You know, I can't, I can't give all my secrets out, but nah, I just, <laughs> no, I'm deserved. So you do come back to, you do go to different teams after the hard hustle era. You come back to Orlando your last years uh, in the NBA. Now, it just so happens that is a new era in Orlando Magic Basketball. That is when Dwight arrives and he starts to become the Superman character that, that we now, you know, remember from those historic runs. Talk to us about that experience with Dwight, getting to know young Dwight, becoming a man in the NBA. Um, and, and what was that like? 
Jeez. I, I've been around a couple of guys that I caught them early in their career and they grew. That guy was, he was special. And it's it's kind of, every so often you run across a guy like that. It was Dwight. <clears throat> then you have, you don't have, this. you have a Dwight that happens, don't happen often. You have LeBron that does happen. Kobe doesn't happen. Amari Stoudemire. It happens every couple of years that you have a guy that's like, oh my gosh, freaking nature. Right now, Zion Williams. It, it just happens. There's a guy that, there's guys that can play, but then every three to four years, there's a guy that like, yeah, this doesn't happen often. This doesn't happen often. He was that guy in that era because a guy that big, that athletic and moving around, yeah, man, I, that's, that wasn't normal. And those days in practice were not good. Yeah, been on the other side of that, a couple of the elbows and a couple of, Shot, shot blocked attempts. Yeah, it didn't always work well for me. So yeah, those days were not always good. <laughs> so then, so then, Bo, you you ended up ending your career with the Magic, and then somehow transitioned into the community ambassador, and and you do a little also of the the Magic broadcasting. Um, wh- what are some of the things that you really enjoy the most about that position as a community ambassador, and and then? The magic broadcasting, because you you do it kind of often, but it, it kind of goes in spurts. Um, what is that experience like for you, and which one do you prefer doing the most? I actually like doing them both. Why? Because I live in this city of Orlando, Florida. I call this home. For me to have the ability to reach out and make a difference in someone's life in this city and help change them. That's what it's about. It's not about me. It's never been about me. It's been about the people around me, the people that support me. So the things I do, if I can make my city better by going out and doing something in the community, I'm all for it. Because we're in positions and opportunities. I work with a company that can help the city, and I want to represent the city and and the company well. Doing the TV, I, I, I love that also because get to sit back and talk about something that you know a little bit about. I know a little bit about basketball, so for me to talk about it, it's okay. I don't know too much. I just like smidge it. I know like, like maybe I got a little history about basketball. So sitting there analyzing games, letting the fans learn some stuff from me through the TV is, is what it's about. Because once again, I'm giving back, giving knowledge to the fans about the basketball game. So when I do it, I try to make sure when I say something, I explain it so they can understand it. But I say I think I really do like the community stuff because it makes a difference, man. And if you can help somebody out, that's a great feeling, man. If you, if you help somebody and don't feel good, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. That is awesome, and I mean, I know that that I've seen you got you and Nick out there <clears throat> doing community work, and again, I know the community needs it, the community appreciates it for sure. Um, so again, thank you for us that live in Orlando for all the work that you guys do out there in the community. Truly, is appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate the support. And that's that's all. I just appreciate. Thank you is all. I appreciate, it, man. But it's like I said, it's not about me. You can make a difference in some kids' lives or somebody's lives, man. That's what it's about, man. So, kind of spinning it forward a little bit. Um, definitely, we wanted to talk about the current state of the Magic. Uh, so, I wanted to know out of the the Magic young core the guys that are on there now uh, you would think like j.i markel uh bamba who are you most excited about i'm i'm you know i'm really happy for markel he, he when he's when he, when you're looking at somebody from another 
from the outside looking in as when he was in Philly, we just saw Markel the person as a basketball player. We didn't know the person. As he got here and I've been working with him, being around him, great kid. I mean, like, really good kid. He, he wants to do the right thing, and he wants to get better. And for him being here, that the support he gets from this city, that's what he needed to become the basketball player he's capable of becoming because Philly's a tough city to play in. I don't know if y'all – they are either with you or they're against you. So the support that the city here gives, or I give credit to you guys, y'all talking them up and the people supporting him, this is great. Jonathan Isaac, I see his potential. Mo Bamba, I'm working on it. I, I'm working on him. In my mind, this is, you know, he's growing. And, and I guess it's good because you don't want him to grow too fast. So then you top out with Kirk. So it's a process, and he's doing it the right way. They say from one year to the next, if you're getting better, whether it's staying at the same level, it's what you want. You don't want a jump, a huge jump. Because then you might top out in two years, then what? If you gradually get better and then guys come with you, then the team becomes a whole lot better. So um, those three guys you name are really good guys, and they all work, and they, they're all pretty good people. Like, they're really good guys. So, I mean, I worked with uh, Jonathan and uh, Markel on, on a number of occasions. Mo Bamba from – we just talking. He's, he's a funny guy. So, I mean – those other two guys I'm really proud of because of the work and the time they put in and when it comes out on the court, that's what it was about. You put in the effort to get better and you see it, that's what that's a, that's a pretty good feeling to see the work. You knowing the time they put in to get better and it's working. Then the fans see it too and they appreciate it. So that that point that you made about Mo kind of jumping, you know, kind of rising in performance but at a level pace instead of just like huge jump and kind of flattening out, what what do you see about Mobamba? Because you, you see Mobamba in situations that we don't, um, that makes you think that he will make that step. It's, it's just maturity in the years, man. Think about it. He came, some guys mature faster than others. Some guys get information processed differently. You can't put everybody in the same level. Yes, he's a pro. Yes, you expect this, you expect that. But then when you sit back, and just watch him. He's like, okay, he looks like he's getting it. And he has his spurts, his moments. And that's what you know. If he has his moments, then you know he, it's in him. If you're working and working and you have no moments, mm. you don't know if it's even there. But he has his moments. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Just keep going. It's a process of learning to keep that thought process of going there, going there on a regular basis. Remember, we were here. Now he's getting it, he's getting it, getting it. Of course he's going to come back. Because that's what we do in life. You tell us something, we get it, we get it, then like, dang, I messed up. It's natural. So what do we do? Just keep repeating the process. Keep repeating it over and over and over. It becomes second nature. So we're just going to have to coach. Mm -hmm. just keep coaching the players, keep playing, and he keep growing. That's all we have. Yeah, and, and Bo, you've, you've played with – the top point guards that have have come through the Orlando Magic. You played with Daryl Armstrong. Um, you played with Penny Jameer. Do you see Markel kind of fitting in that in that spectrum of of those three guys eventually? I mean, obviously we've only seen a little bit with them this this season, um, but do you see his growth kind of etching into those players? Most definitely. When he came in, he was not as confident in his jump shot. 
if you look at this game, now his mid-range jumper is really good. Yeah, three-point ball is going to get there. But his mid-range to rim, one of the best. Like he is solid to finish. He's getting to his spot and pulling up mid-range, and he's getting real comfortable. As he continues to grow, his game will grow. But he's doing it the right way from the inside out rather than just let me stay out here and jack up threes. No, no, let me let me get to the bucket and do what I do well, finish big closer. Now you stop me. Let me go on the pick. Let me shoot this 15-footer. Let me make this on a regular basis. So, therefore, when he makes that, he can get to the bucket if he wants. Then every once in a while, I'm behind the three-point line wide open. Don't be scared to shoot it. You might miss one, but then you might make the next one. I'm 50%. I'm cool with that. His growth is at the right level. Like I said, he's not going from here to there. Process. His game is getting better through the course of the year. His confidence is going up. You don't want to confidence up and drop down. So you just want to keep it here. Yeah, you might have a little problem, a little problem, but then it's going back up. It's life. So the way he's growing, at the pace he's growing, I'm cool. Yeah, with this hiatus right here, would it hurt a little bit of everybody? Yeah. The guys who are growing, it's going to happen a little step back because you don't know what you've been working, how you've been doing it, who you've been doing it with. So, yeah, but your mind is still there. You're still mentally strong because you see and you getting that confidence. Oh, yeah, I make this shot. Oh, yeah. So you're still going to walk in with that same confidence. Just now, just getting the reps again, just getting the reps. So I think two things about Markel that are impressive to me, one of which is what you mentioned, that the mid-range to him finishing in the basket is is up there already uh, for a guy that you know didn't play for 10 11 months and then came in and and so quickly got the starting role so there's that confidence that you see in him in that mid-range game and and finishing at the rim that kind of has helped people not focus so much on the lack of a three-point shot uh but another thing about markel that's super impressive is his speed and i feel like not a lot of people talk about it he's i think he's one of the fastest guys um in the league and I think that only gets better. You know why they don't talk about his speed? Because you talk about speed when it looks like speed. He, he kind of glides when he runs. Like, if you look at him, it's with no effort. So he's covering ground. He's like, is he even running hard? He just looks so smooth. So, therefore, it doesn't look like, like, uh, who's, let me see, I need a guy who's running fast. Like, John Wall. J.J. Reddick was running fast. John, John Wall, you see them run fast. It looks like they run fast. He just glides and he's just so smooth with like, he doesn't ever look like he's running hard, but he's getting down the court at a, like, oh my gosh. So it's perfect words, it's deceiving. Mm. You have no fast, how, you have no clue right. how fast he is until you get down there on the court and see him run by you like, did he? Yes. <laughs> so it's very deceiving. And that's, I think that's a, that's a plus for him because they're like, oh, he's not that fast. Okay. <laughs> so that's a great point that you brought up because he is, I always talk about it, like he gets down the court with no effort. And Bo, what do you think of the team? So NBA is coming back in July, right? We, we know the playoffs are around the corner as well. How do you feel about the team heading into the playoffs as currently constructed? Do you expect them to give up a fight in the first round, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Toronto that we face? How do you think that's going to go for the team? This is going to be a good year because everyone's going to be on 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 high energy. So it's going to be some battles because guys have been itching to play. So this is this is what they want. So everyone's rested, everyone's fresh. So now you get these couple of games before the playoffs. 
and you're going to have a lot of high-energy games. Do I like our chances? Yes. Why? Because we have a defensive-minded coach. He stresses defense. If we can get stops at the right times and make, make them do stuff they're uncomfortable, we got a chance. When you play defense, you always have a chance to win the game. So, yeah, offense, yeah, you're going to miss some shots. But defense, if you don't miss assignments, you got a chance of winning every game. And I'm a fan of our coach, Coach Clifford, and our team because our guys, they are receptive to that. They bought in. They don't. They're not, it's not like pulling teeth. It's like, yeah, what? I'm, I'm. When we were playing, you would hear it in that speech. You know, we need to be better with this half in our defense. We got to lock down. We got to, our rotation. They get it. So they know why they're winning games. So if we continue to do that, we got a chance. Like I say, we got NBA players. They make shots. But you're going to win the game when you make stops. Do you think there will be any changes for any individual player in regards to the environment? So from playing in an arena where you have 20,000 people there cheering for you to now playing in, in a court like the wide world of sports, do you think there will be any changes in, in maybe in terms, of, in terms of intensity or gameplay, anything at all? You know they practice, right? <laughs> of course. No, there's nobody in Germany that practice. <laughs> right, right, right. So they're used, they're used to that, but... They, they they play for the fans, but remember, you're professional and you're competitive. So what does that mean? The guy on the team, now on your team, you're trying to win. It's a, it's a competition. So whoever they play, they were like, oh, I ain't going to play this because ain't nobody here. Nah, the guy in front of you trying to give you a bucket. So you'll come, your juices right now. I don't play basketball. If I was going to court and we saw a plan and you scored too many points for me, I'm going to get mad at that. I'm like, all right, let me go sit down and lock down and play. It's just who we, it's how we're built. It only, you only get hit me in the mouth so many times before I react. Like, all right, now that's the last time you hit me like that. So they're going to compete. And if they don't, guess what? We got a coach that'll get it out of you. Come on, guys. It's not who we are. Time out. Let's discuss this. Because, like I said, I'm a fan, man. These guys, they're hungry. And you saw when the announcement came out, all of them made a, made a comment about let's go, they ready. They've been at home waiting for this day. I know, and I know as fans, we cannot wait for that moment to happen. So we can't wait for July 30th and, and get the ball rolling once again. And Bo, to wrap up the, the podcast today, we, we play a little game here called In the Ozone with Ball Outlaw. So we're looking for just some quick, rapid responses. Doesn't have to be, but we, we, we like to. Um, so I'm okay, going okay. I'm, I'm to get it started. So what's your favorite role as a whole being a basketball player or your role as an ambassador with the Orlando Magic oh that's a great question oh I say ambassador you want me to elaborate on that or just give me which uh like I said man it's the, the people making a difference for this community man like I live here man so the better we can make this community the better it is for my kids your kids future generations and you want somebody to remember you like, man, I remember him. He used to do this for this, this. In any community I go to, if they talk about something I did, that's what it's about, man. All right, Bo. Game seven, NBA Finals. You can only have one point guard with you. Penny, Daryl Armstrong, or Jameer? I'm going Penny. Wait, wait, a healthy Penny? Every, everyone's healthy. Okay, I'm going Penny all the way. I'm going Penny all the way. So, pinstripes? The stars from the Heart and Hustle era or the City um, Edition jerseys that are on right now? I'm, I'm a classic guy, man. I'm a classic guy. Uh, 
I like the pinstripes. I like the pinstripes. Yeah, ooh, the pinstripes are nice. Them stars were good, but the club, the, the city was nice. But <laughs> talking about those stripes, man. Everyone know those stripes. They got to bring them back. <laughs> yeah, they need those back. Those are those are nice. They do. How about this one? 1999 Orlando Magic versus 2007 Orlando Magic. Who wins? I wasn't on that team. Was I on that team in 99? Which team was I on? Both of them? Yeah. So so that's I'm, the saying hard... I'm saying 99 because I was on Heart and Hustle <laughs> team. I'm, I'm going with us. We win it all day. We play too hard for them. Uh, te- technically, either way, you still win. Right. Exactly. I, I had... <laughs> I had a little bit more to do with the 99 than 2007. I was, yeah, I was there, but 99, listen, we, we, yeah, we're going to win that game. We play way too hard. Yeah, we, 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 we win in it. We won a lot of games on effort. Trust me. We sitting in the 41 games. Think about it. Favorite Magic teammate of all time? That's Darryl Armstrong by far. That's, that's an easy question right there. I had some good teammates, but that, that's my running mate. Him and Ben Wallace, yeah. But, but Dale Armstrong, that's my guy. And, and Bob, I'm just going to add an extra one real quick. Um, what made you decide to go with the glasses instead of the goggles, especially in an era where a lot of the players kind of went the goggle route? You mean the, the Kurt Rambis goggles? Yeah. The oh, Horace no. the 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 Grant. The Grant. Like, yeah, because you, you were really the first one to pop out with the glasses, and that was that was kind of more of a of a retro, more newer newer look. But, you know, that was a time frame where everyone wore the goggles, and, right, and you right. didn't rock with the goggles. You went with the glasses. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think truly because mine were more protective than prescription. So I think the goggles were prescription. And okay. the glass, the you know what I'm saying, the goggles. And then I had to, I guess, the glasses were more protective. You know what I'm saying? It was more like a mouthpiece for my eyes because I didn't wear glasses. So I got poked early in my career when I was in California, which is where Oakley is. And that's how I ended up with Oakley. I got poked in both of my eyes in three days. So I had blood. I was like, oh, my God. So. The trainer's like, we got to take care of this. I'm like, yeah, but please do. So <laughs> I ended up at the Oakleys, and uh, the first pair of Oakleys was not the best. <laughs> they, were, right. they were metal frames. <laughs> oh, they were they were good, but they were just metal frames. So metal frames and elbow on them frames, yeah, I had plenty of busted sisters right here. So it wasn't good, but they did a great job. So thank you, Oakley, for keeping my eyes safe. <laughs> and then for, for memory's sake, kind of just wrapping up here, what is – Bo Outlaw's favorite Orlando Magic memory. Ooh, that's tough. <sighs> I guess my my I guess my attempted buzzer beater. It went in, but it was still like a second left on the clock, <laughs> and the play wasn't even for me. <laughs> uh, Mark Price shot a shot and it got tipped. We playing Atlanta Hawks, and I was splashing to the middle. Fell short my hands, and I shoot a quick jump hook over my tumbo. It goes in with one second left and will put us up and end up winning that game. So that was good, and that was and the Daryl Armstrong still was pretty impressive too, though. But I'm going to take mine over Daryl. Sorry, D.A. She's my guy. Man, it, see, it seemed like you had a, a lot of options for sure. I mean, what's, it's, about, it's about almost 20-plus years. 
Amber, if you if you were to add your time with the Magic as an ambassador, and what I like about you the most, Bo, is that um, all the times I've always gone to the game is that you're you are extremely active with the fan base. And anytime you see anyone walk by you, you're you're talking to everyone. The times that I've gone with my wife, you always say hi to myself and to her, and she would look at me every single time. And was like, how many times have I met him? I'm like, you've met Bo like nine times already. <laughs> so your your presence that that is greatly appreciated and thank you so much for joining us uh, it was it was a blast and and you're awesome man i really hope you stick around for a very long time i appreciate you man like i said man you guys without you guys that's no me think about it man like you said we can play in empty stadiums with no fans who knows who we are so i appreciate you guys just as much you appreciate me and every time you see me you see me anytime you see me speak to me i ain't got no problem with it i I'd rather you talk to me than talk about me. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a good point. Um, again, thank you. Thank you so much. And that's, that's Quarantine with Bo Allo. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.